you can feel free to ignore my my response because it's 16 years since I've been on a date. Um, not because I'm hiding away. I've been married for 16 years. Hi, everyone, and welcome to 80% Mental Extras. Think of this as the bonus features on the DVD or the ITV2 spin-off show. Sometimes when we record our episodes, the conversations can go on a little bit longer than anticipated, and we have to cut some of that stuff out in order to get the episode down to a reasonable length. Rather than waste all of that material, what we decided to do was package it up and present it as almost a mini podcast episode. So these extra bits come from episode five, where we spoke to Dr. Josephine Perry and Joe Davies about anxiety. The question that we asked was, why do we get nervous and what can we do about it? And we heard some fantastic insights from both our guests on that topic. So these are just some of the extra bits that didn't quite make the main episode. So at this point, uh, I, I want to ask a couple of questions. I've got three here that I think are very uh, interesting. So I once had a, a bit of a panic attack uh, I, when I was training to be a primary school PE or a primary school teacher, not even a PE teacher. Well, I had a panic attack uh, in the when I was given uh, a presentation, and there was four other people on the in the group giving the presentation with me, and I was open in person. My mouth went all dry. I couldn't get my words out, and I basically walked out of the door, left the rest of them up there. They didn't know what was happening. And they just all, everyone in the room just stood there waiting to see what Hugh was doing. As I walked out of the room, out of the building, I just went for a walk around the building. And about 25 minutes later, I realized I just walked out of a lecture when I was presenting. Like it was completely blank in my mind. But, and it, it, it makes me think of it when they talk about flight, flight, or, uh, or freeze. I was definitely flight. I was out of there. Um, but the thing is, what, what's the difference between, you know, clinical anxiety and uh, performance anxiety? It, you know, how, how do we understand the difference between the two and how do you spot the difference? And what are your thoughts on that? I would suggest that a clinical anxiety is, is an anxiety that takes hold um, most of um, or, or potentially all of the time. So it's something that... Uh, an individual would be experiencing um, day to day um, at potentially a pretty intense level um, and would be interrupting their daily quality of life, right? So maybe um, I'm irritable, I'm having trouble sleeping, my appetite's disrupted, um, as, as well as the, some of the somatic cognitive uh, symptoms we've already described. Whereas a performance anxiety, um, I would define as, as more of in the moment. So there's a particular stressor that's created a stress response that um, is interpreted um, and uh, manifests itself as as, a, as an anxiety response. Um, so that that might be a very specific moment, like I'm about to go into, um, you know, a, a World Cup final, or I'm about to try a a new gymnastics move, which I'm I'm worried about. So I yeah, I'd say it's chronic if it's clinical, but it's also without a specific stressor. So you can't put a finger on and say, yeah, this is what's causing me clinical anxiety. Whereas with performance anxiety, you can spot the stressors. You know what they're likely to be. And actually, once that performance is over or you've run away and you don't have to do it, that will disappear. Whereas with chronic anxiety, it's that that long-term level of, of fear just constantly flooding your body with that cortisol and that 
adrenaline, but not necessarily knowing why. The role of uh, performance psychology, you're obviously dealing with a lot of high pressure situations at times and managing people's relationships. But for our listeners who are maybe trainee sports psychologists or sports psychologists, do you or have you ever experienced anxiety um, when delivering your role? And how do you deal with that? Because there's a, a school of thought that says that we should think of sports psychologists as performers also, because we have to deliver our job. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I certainly got incredibly nervous when I was doing sessions when I first started out. Um, just as Joe was talking about earlier, there were lots of demands on me and I absolutely didn't have the resources to meet them when I was training. Um, I had no idea what was going to be coming up. I tried to meet those demands, I guess, by preparing incredibly well. So I would have a plan for every session that I ever did. I would have a worksheet that we were going to fill in as part of it. Often we didn't and often we went off plan. But for me, having those things in place gave me the confidence that I was going to be okay. And if we got stuck somewhere, I had something to fall back on. I think one of the ways I know I'm hopefully doing better as a sports psychologist now I'm qualified is that I don't have a plan for any sessions. We, we go with what comes what comes into the room, what's going on with that athlete in front of you. That's what you roll with. Um, and having the confidence that you can pull out the resources you need to in the moment gets rid of a lot of that anxiety. But there will still be certain situations where absolutely you will have that because you don't feel like you feel like the demands are much higher than the resources you've got. And occasionally, I work quite a lot with juniors like Joe does, and occasionally parents will ask to come into sessions. And I find those can be, can really make me anxious about um, about where you sit. You've got ethical boundaries. You're, you're there almost feeling like you're, you're trying to be with the athlete, but they can get very emotional, some of those sessions. Um, if athletes are really struggling with the parental relationship, I would sometimes offer to do those sessions and be the intermediary. And I know that's for the good of the athlete, but it's pretty terrifying when you know what you're walking into and it's going to be a really, really difficult conversation, a really difficult time that you're about to spend. And again, I will go back to over-preparing so that I feel like there's something to rely upon if everything else fails. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really interesting, Josie, hear, hearing um, kind of you recognising... Um, your natural tendencies and, and and I would absolutely agree with what you've said yes absolutely I'm human yes I'm a psychologist but I also feel anxiety um, around certain sessions certain clients moments I feel uncomfortable um, like my thing was always public speaking so um, to put that into context I was incredibly shy as a child and had quite a lot of social anxiety so god if someone had said to me when I was a teenager you'll go on a podcast or you'll present a workshop to 100 people nah like not in a million years um, so I was a classic avoider right so I was a flight instinct so all through school all through my undergrad degree I avoided presenting at all costs so by the time I got to my master's I had never presented in my life because I'd skipped class I'd given excuses I'm playing sport um I I would just avoid presenting because I you know all these thoughts you're gonna mess up you're gonna be embarrassed you're gonna say the wrong thing you're gonna be judged um so all these all this cognitive anxiety going on 
And I guess for me, it was similar to what Josie's saying, building those resources, um, both physically in terms of actually practicing presenting, but also my perception. So watching videos back of myself presenting and going, oh, do you know what? Yeah, there's development areas, but, you know, I did it and and there were some positives to it. Um, And and actually using the techniques that I use with other people now. So being able to ground myself, being able to um, breathe, feel my feet on the ground, notice how I can feel butterflies in my tummy but I can still make eye contact I can still project my voice I I can still move towards a confident me even though there's some anxiety presenting itself internally to me um so yeah I'd I'd very much agree with you Josie day-to-day anxiety shows itself but I guess um we're privileged in the sense that we have knowledge and experience of these tools and techniques that we can self-practice ourselves do you know that's uh massively reassuring to hear that from both of you um one of the things I was saying to Pete before you both came on the podcast is that I actually look up to both of you because of how you operate in a professional capacity. Um, like you, you two are the sports psychs within the industry who operate um, a, a self-employed businesswoman and entrepreneurs. And I, I think those are skills that I, I look at. Um, I look at the rest of sports psychology and think people don't have those skills and you two are out there kicking ass and taking names. So uh, it's quite quite nice to hear you both being quite successful uh, and also having experienced that as, as you get to where you are in your career today. Um, so my my last question that I want to get to is uh, probably what uh, everybody's thinking is like, how the hell did I use this if I'm on a date? Because um, I think that's that's probably <laughs> when most people experience anxiety. Like it wasn't that long ago that I was um, on Tinder uh, and these other things. And, uh, you know, Jesus, meeting people's difficult, especially if they're weirdos that you don't know. <laughs> um, what, what, what tips, what, it's not, not that I was swiping on weirdos, but like, you know, you know, you know what I'm saying here. So like, wh- <laughs> now I'm getting anxious. <laughs> I'm- I'm laughing because I can relate to you. It's fine. Um, I've also been on dating apps. I've done my fair share of that. Um, what advice can we give? Look, I I, I guess I'm going to come back to some of the tools we've already spoken about. Part of it's reframing it. I found really useful in my mind. Right? Like, can I can I reframe um, the demands and resources of this situation? Like, my emotional mind, my chimp, uh, wants to tell me that the demands are, oh my god, I've got to go and impre- impress a guy and I've got to be this and I've got to be that and I'm not pretty enough or funny enough or chatty enough or I'm too quiet or like whatever um and actually it's about kind of looking at the demands and resources and going okay like what what's this actually about like what are the demands I'm going to go and talk to another human being who's probably also feeling nervous going into this date um and the resources are quite simply be myself right because because if if I'm not myself then I'm giving off a false impression anyway and then eventually he'll get to know me and recognize okay like Joe was putting on an act um so so I think I think my advice would always be um you know to to reframe it like actually you're just meeting another human being who's probably just as scared as you are um and and be to be yourself and come back to the values around you know who are you who do you want to be on this date um but equally those grounding techniques right like can can i um can i be present 
in in this conversation rather than jumping ahead and thinking oh you know what you might think on a date uh you know what do I look like I need to go and look in a mirror and check I look all right and haven't got things in my teeth or um you know what if there's not enough to chat about in an hour's time actually being present in that conversation um and 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 listening and, and being yourself I think is really important so probably similar to what you've talked about reframing the situation and then grounding yourself in the moment and actually being there with that person and you can feel free to ignore my my response because it's 16 years since I've been on a date um and not because I'm hiding away I've been married for 16 years um so internet dating didn't even exist when I was um before I was married um but I I guess exactly what Joe says there but turn them into goals so rather than rocking up on a date with a goal being I don't know I must I must end up marrying this guy it being maybe I could learn something new from this guy Maybe I could just have a really fun night and a really nice chat about something I've never talked about before. So they become controllable things that you can deal with rather than a big scary outcome goal of I I must find my future life partner tonight Um, so that you can make it much more fun and you still feel like you've had a purpose of going. It doesn't feel like if he's a complete wally and you don't want to go near him ever again it doesn't feel like a failure and a complete wasted evening you might still have learned something new um you might still have had a really interesting chat about something so you can still get some good out of it it's not wasted going on dates but it it feels like it's got a purpose to it rather than a big scary big scary outcome goal okay so basically for any of uh, the single people out there listening to the 80% Mental Podcast, you heard it here first. Set small, achievable goals for your dates and uh, ground yourself. <laughs> Be yourself. Brilliant. So the answers are in the correct order. 100 meter, hurdles, high jump, shot put, 200 meter, long jump, javelin, and 800 meter. He's done it. Impressive. He's got it right, nice. and he's got the bonus question. Hugh, yeah. somehow, <laughs> you've come back and won. Yeah, no, uh, I really liked I really liked Joe's honesty. So uh, the, the, <laughs> the decision as to who to rap is going to be dum-dum-dum. Off you go, Joe, then. <laughs> Uh, now or later? What you can, what we'll do is, what you can do it now. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> so you can just spit a few bars for us. Okay, am I going to be allowed afterwards to decide if this actually makes a podcast or not? Yeah, we'll see. Um, <laughs> I signed away my rights now. <laughs> it's it's all gone. <laughs> be- before you before you start though, Joe. Before you start though, yeah. Just tell what what's your anxiety doing right now? I, I think I think my my chimp is saying, Joe, you're going to look like an absolute fool. Don't do this. But there's part of my rational brain almost going, "What, Joe? What have you got to lose? You've probably already said something daft, so you may as well go with it." <laughs> um, my somatic anxiety definitely. I feel like actually um, the backbeat is going to be my heart because I, I I feel like that that's that's pumping pretty well right now. Um, but yeah, you know, let's give it a go. Let's see. I might only be able to do ten seconds. That, that's let's see where this goes hit, hit us with whatever you've got <laughs> someone do me a beat someone do me a beat <laughs> 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 
<laughs> yo, yo, this is Joe on the 80% podcast. Yo, I'm not good at rap. <laughs> Cut me some slack and I'll be back. Yo. <laughs> I, uh, I, that, that was pretty class. <laughs> oh, I'm so proud of you for trying. What do you mean trying, Josie? When you wow. say trying, Succeeding. that suggests it suggests it wasn't good. <laughs> I mean, wow is wow is all I've got to be honest yeah. with you. That was that was Thanks, amazing. Guys. Thanks, that was guys. absolutely amazing. Thanks. I'll take that. Do you know yeah, what? That's all good. I think you are super brave. It's, it's like far braver than I. Yeah, you could you you couldn't go up any higher in my estimations. Now you're at the peak. Um, well done. <laughs> Not that you need my approval. <laughs> it's only downhill from here, Hugh. <laughs> it's only downhill now. you enjoyed those extra bits from our episode where we asked Josie Perry and Joe Davies why we get nervous and what we can do about it. I think maybe the less said about Joe's rap career the better but I do hope that you enjoyed what you heard. Please do subscribe wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts and don't forget you can get in touch either via our website www.80percentmental.com don't forget 80% mental is all words or you can tweet us at EPM podcast. And if you can think of other people that might be interested in what we have to say on 80% Mental, please do share on your social media or just tell people that you heard something interesting and maybe direct them to our podcast. Thank you very much for listening and I will see you next time. I won't see you because it's a podcast.